All right, everyone, welcome back to episode two of Lunch Break Podcast. Welcome back, huh? How's it going? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we were here last Friday. Uh, Casey, in the words of Rebecca Black. It's Friday. It's Friday. Got to get down on Friday. Are we going to quote that every time we do Yeah, that should be the theme. I think we should make like a postmodern jukebox theme of that. So it's like more of like a, it's Friday. I like that. Some folk acoustic postmodern I might have to send in my resignation. (laughs) To the podcast? Yeah. (laughs) You can just not show up. (laughs) That's the longest we're going to talk about Rebecca Black, by the way. (laughs) Anyway, uh, it is Friday again. That means it's time for another episode of Lunch Break Podcast. This is episode two, sponsored by Cafe and Lorraine. Not really. But I'm drinking Cafe Lorraine coffee. It's good cold brew. It is great cold brew. Um, so this week we actually came with topics, which yep. is good. Yeah, yeah, I think we established uh, every time uh, every speaker is going to come with one topic. Yep. And one of those topics will not be dead air. We'll see. We'll see. And uh, I think it's just a coincidence of all the topics today kind of relate, but that's not necessarily going to be the case every week. Definitely no burger to murder this time. I feel like we're going to have like just burger or just murder. (laughs) This time, since it is lunch break podcast, we focused on lunch-related questions, but we won't necessarily do that every time. Like you said, Steve, Uh, we will have guests at certain points, but uh, today it's just the the OG crew. The OG. The OG crew. Let's get it. Let's get into it. Let's do it. All right, so I think what we should do is have uh, whoever had the question, who came up with the question, introduce the... The topic? The topic, basically. I think I was first, right? I think you were. No, I think you were first. This I was. was yours. All right, fine. I will start with uh, my topic. So we all came with our own sort of topic to talk about, and lunch was the kind of inspiration, but it can branch off into other things. My question to these fine gentlemen here is, if you could uh, eat anywhere in the world, pick that place, that location, with your ideal meal... What would it be? Steve, why don't you go first? All right, I can kick this off. You know, this question is pretty easy to me, I think, because um, for a few reasons. Um, Pizza I've, Hut? <laughs> Pizza Slut. <laughs> I've been to this uh, country once before. Um, I studied this country's language for five years in school. Wish I was fluent, you know. American? Um, English? <laughs> yeah, I only studied English for five years. American's not <laughs> pretty language, good, right? <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so I would love to go back. I love the culture. Um, I was there with my dad. Um, so for me, it's uh, Spanish cuisine, specifically Spanish tapas, specifically my favorite chicken croquettes, which you know, Casey. Can you describe a croquette for people who don't know? Yeah, so me? a croquette um, at uh, face, like first glance, it might look like a mozzarella stick because um, it's got that kind of fried brown skin. But inside, it's, uh, like, ground chicken. Sometimes yep. it's, uh, like, a ham and and what mix and whatnot, but the chicken ones are definitely my favorite. So, and paired with a nice red wine or a sangria, that is the perfect lunch. That sounds delicious. Can I jump in? Do you know I have the same answer for food? I have the same answer as you. Oh, How is man. that possible? <laughs> you literally said the same food? Same food, different country, but I literally have a place called... Croquetera in Portugal. It's all about croquettes. I think we're all on the same page today. Let's it's lit. Let's go. Let's That's fair, though. All right. Well, Casey, why don't you tell me about that? What is there a difference between the Portuguese and the Spanish one? A little bit, but you know, I will uh, let Steve have his moment here first. In terms of Spanish tapas, like I don't think you could get something better than a croquette within Spanish tapas. And you know, Definitely. for sangria, I, I don't think I'd have it normally here in the states, but there's something about having it overseas. Definitely, yeah. I think, I mean, 
for one, great minds think alike. <laughs> yeah, for two, uh, Casey and I did share a nice tapas moment out in San Diego, California this summer. Not a big deal. So Not a big deal. We did. Maybe you know? that's why we were thinking about it. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, it's so possible. Mi- mine was um, in Portugal, uh, in Lisbon, capital, and there's this market there called the Time Out Market, and it's very similar to our Quincy Market here in Boston, but um, this one's a little bigger and it has kind of food all over the world, and there is a stand or a little restaurant within like the big plaza circle called a Croquetiera, I believe it's pronounced. Great accent. Thank you. Uh, and it has just assortments of croquettes, and you can pick different kinds and make a plate. Uh, I had a combination there of cod, pork sausage, and a cheese croquette. Um, I'm and, so hungry. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And you would think that, obviously, I think wine's the best pairing, but there was something about having their local, like, Budweiser beer Superbock. It's a pale lager. Just having that after, like, going for, like, a five-mile walk through the city and then sitting down and having croquettes and a cold beer. Nothing better. Was it hot outside? Because I feel like a, a Budweiser type of beer is great after sweating a lot. You know, we went in the end of March, early April, so it wasn't like 90 degrees. But, you know, you're walking through a whole city, 65, 70, very hilly. You know, I mean, yeah. we were just constantly traveling. So it's nice to have a nice lunch break. So from what I understand, gentlemen, is a croquette sort of like a mozzarella stick meets a dumpling? So the only reason I compare it to a mozzarella stick is because... It, it kind of looks like one just from the outside, but I mean, it, essentially it's because of the fried skin. It's almost like mm. a cheese ball. Sounds well, delicious. Because it can be round, it can be kind of that yeah, mozzarella stick shape. Yep. Yeah. I imagine that Portugal and Spain share a lot of the same cuisine, right? I mean, I mean right they almost share the same language yeah. in a way. Portuguese is almost like an extension of, yeah. of Spanish. Yeah. But Portuguese uh, is a tough language. Like, I, I don't really speak other languages, but... When I was in Spain, I feel like I could really catch up on what people were saying and get around where in, in Portugal it was tougher, for sure. One thing I would love to have in Spain, and you're not a seafood guy, Steve, but the paella is like one of my favorite things ever. Yeah, I had it in Granada, and it was very good. Ooh. Yeah, You can get saffron there for like a euro, or here it's like 15 bucks for a little thing. Mm. Yeah. Well, okay, so I, you guys both picked places that you've been to before. Mm-hmm. And I went with a place that I've never been, but I would love to try. I thought it'd be awesome to go to Japan, have legit sushi and ramen. Mm. I feel like it's going to be way different than what we have here. Probably healthier, I imagine. Now, what kind of ramen? Because you can get pork, chicken, sun-dried tomato. Dude, all of the above. (laughs) I just go on a ramen tour. I've never really had a great thing of ramen here before. Because when I go to a restaurant, that's not really what I order. You can get some good in New York City, I feel like. Yeah. That's the closest you're going to get, but yeah, I'm sure. I imagine Boston might have Maybe. some, yeah. but uh, yeah, I'd love to try some ramen. I'm a huge sushi guy, too. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of sushi? Name, name your favorite roll. Ooh, that's a tough one. Well, I really like tuna as a fish, as you know, when you got pissed the other day when I had tuna in the office. Yeah, we have a windowless room, Christian. It was, yeah, but it's not like I microwaved it. it was good just, point. It, it doesn't matter. No, it d- I'll give you that. If you microwaved it, game over. I would never you microwave to, uh... tuna. <laughs> Having normal tuna out of a can is fine in an office. You just don't bring leftover tuna for yeah. dinner. Anyway, yeah, I like uh, I like the I like the raw ones. I like sashimi a lot. Like mm-hmm. it's just like raw salmon, raw fish, uh, raw tuna on there. An ideal roll, though. I don't know. Do you have one? Feel like like you said, it, it's hard to go away from the tuna and salmon tree. Um, there's always like if you add in cucumber, add an avocado. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think you're always, you know, in terms of how about dip though? Do you like soy sauce? You like, you know, teriyaki? I, I like soy sauce. I'm yeah. a soy sauce guy. I also like that spicy mayo that they put on top of it. Oh, so good. But again, I don't know if they're going to do that in Japan. That seems like an American thing, that spicy oh, mayo. Oh, yeah. We always add more calories onto everything. Right. I feel day. like it'd be a lot more light and fresh. And fresh, yeah. Probably but, not as filling. Yeah. Which is a good thing. But I want to just give a quick shout out to the avocado. What an amazing, what is it, a fruit? Yeah, you're definitely a millennial, and I'm <laughs> proud of that. Hey, they're healthy, right? They are-ish, yeah. So, I would say, maybe another topic, I know this isn't one of our topics today, but the idea of, like, if you had one food that you had to live off of on an island, what would it be? Like, avocado's up there. Like, yeah. one that you'd have to find on an island, not just, like, pizza or something. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I, no, I was just going to say you should save that question, because I've been writing down future topics. All right, so we'll <laughs> save that one, even though I just gave my answer away. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> but could you... Survive on avocados only. I mean, there's a lot of nutrients in them, but you yeah, have no idea. There's probably not a lot of protein. I mean, Tom Hanks survived on, in, in Castaway, survived on a volleyball. So that was a movie. What we need to do is get a dietitian or nutrition expert onto this podcast. We are the producer. Let's do it. <laughs> I think they'd love the croquette conversation. That I'll was put very a, healthy. I'll put a call into my aunt. Okay. <laughs> I can't believe we chose the same food. That's just hilarious. Yeah. I, I didn't realize that they had the same food in different countries. Like, that was pretty interesting. I, mean, I would say that they're known for different kinds of croquettes. Like, in Spain, they're probably known more for, like... The jamón, maybe? Yeah, jamón, where I know in, in Portugal, they're about cod and chorizo. And, chorizo mm, is yeah. super good. It is super Especially good. with eggs. You ever have with eggs? They had chorizo one. Chorizo and eggs, yes. Yeah. I, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, but they had one that was baclao and chorizo in one croquette. So it was actually a cod pork sausage. Hmm. And um, this is tough to do first thing in the morning. It is. <laughs> in Chicago, there's a. Talk about uh, we're on our lunch break. That's true. In Chicago, there's a a barbecue tapas fusion place. So the chicken croquettes there, they actually have pulled barbecue chicken in it. All right, uh, we should get on a flight to Spain right now and <laughs> go get some. Uh, you know, it's more affordable to fly to Spain or Portugal right now than it is to California on most days. That's I mean, crazy. let's do it. Why would anybody want to go anywhere else? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's. Technically, we're technically like the midpoint, right? It's aren't they just six hours east? Yeah, and just about, yeah. yeah, seven tops, yeah. It's tough when you live on the west coast and you go to Europe because you got to fly across the U.S. and then across the ocean. Mm-hmm. I was actually on a flight from Hawaii back to the east coast, and I was on the same plane as people going back to Europe to go home. So they had to go, you know, from Hawaii to California mm-hmm. to the east coast of the United States, all the way over to uh, Europe. That's crazy. That was pretty crazy. Yeah, I um, was on a flight from San Francisco back to Boston, and a guy just came from Tokyo. So Tokyo to San Fran to Boston. It's a long day. It's not good. Long two days. Definitely. Okay, so I think question two is mine, right? Sure. Yeah, because the last question was yours, Steve. Okay, so topic number two. I'll go last. Um, If you could have lunch with any person, and we specified famous person, living or dead, who would it be? Steve. I get to go first again? Yeah. How great of me. Let me guess. It's a big, huge croquette. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So for me, you know, this could have gone one of many ways. Uh, For me, I really wanted to boil it down to someone who I consider a great artistic mind of our generation, you know, um, someone who I think has a great hand in uh, film slash video, music, art, culture all around Rebecca Black um no (laughs) um I had it down to two people um one that I'm not going with was Childish Gambino Mm. um and the reason I went with this other person was because they actually have their hand in uh chefing I don't know if that's a word 
Um, Sheffing. Like, <laughs> you mean like cooking? It's a yeah. good TV oh, okay. show name. Yeah. Sheffing. Uh, but I went with Action Bronson. Oh, okay. Because, um, you know, you can sit down with him. He can probably cook you a medley of amazing foods. Great conversation. You know, he's just an all-around funny guy to watch his TV show, to listen to his interviews. I like his music. That's cool. So, you know what? I feel like I would just have a great lunch with Action Bronson. I love his video with Seth Rogen, the one that you showed us with all the burgers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, was he, I don't, wasn't it him? I don't think he was in that one. No? That's a good answer because I'm sorry. I, he he's gonna cook you the lunch. Is that what you're saying? That would be the idea. I didn't even think of that. That's a good answer. I should have said like Gordon Ramsay. Who's yeah. that guy then? So it, that was through Vice, I think. But okay. I'm I'm not sure. Same idea same though. Idea. Like it's same those type kind of, of shows. Yeah, yeah, those kind of shows. You know. Um, and yeah, like I said, I just because I think he's an all around. Um, Great artistic mind. I love that answer. That's a really cool answer. I think you'd have a long conversation with him too. Like you'd you'd sit down, you'd get food, and you'd hang out, and he'd probably take you to a show after or something. <laughs> yeah, the whole day. And you know what? If he didn't cook, he would know all the best places to go. Okay. Are we talking Los Angeles or what city are we talking? I mean, he's from New York, so oh, so New York, best mm-hmm. food in the world. But right? I mean, what kind of food would you have with him? Like, where on, would he take you? I mean, on his show, fuck that's delicious. He goes everywhere, mm-hmm. so you know. Um, nice. Anywhere, really. Yeah. I, I'd put my, my trust. It's true. That's the whole point of this, right? You trust the person to make the decision. Yeah. Right? I've always made this this argument that if you're going to pick the best city to get food in, in the world, New York might be it, you know, because it's a, it's a melting pot, basically, so you can get Definitely. any type of food. So maybe even Action Bronson could just go around the world, basically, in New York. And, yeah. get, uh, and actually, our New York conversation has inspired my topic for a future week, but stay tuned for that. Ooh, cliffhanger. That's a teaser for next week. I like it. Casey, what do you got? So mine is kind of in the movie TV world as well, but I wanted to pick someone that I thought I'd have a lot of questions. Like, I I wouldn't want to talk a lot. I just want to ask this person a lot of questions and hear their thoughts, and maybe it's because the show is coming back on the air in about a week and a half, but I chose Vince Gilligan. Ooh, nice. uh, the creator of Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, okay. because I think, and X-Files, and just some of these shows that I just want to know where he gets his ideas from. So I thought, what kind of location would be perfect to eat with Vince Gilligan? And I think it would have to be at a Southwest diner somewhere, where we'd order like steak and eggs and have a lot of diner coffee. And we have too much caffeine where we just talk for like three, four hours. You wouldn't go to Los Pollos Hermanos? I mean, that, that was an obvious the answer. The Chicken for sure. Brothers. But just something where like he's in his comfortable space. Like there's no, yeah. there's just a waitress. It's like a four o'clock on a Saturday or something. And we just sit and talk and I ask him questions about where do you come up with your amazing ideas. He seems I, like a lovely guy too. Yeah. Yeah. So. I love that answer because I mean, all three of us, we watch Breaking Bad and we watch Better Call Saul. And um, I was watching a lot of his interviews from Comic-Con yesterday, actually, and you're right, he just seems like such a humble guy, and it made me kind of want to look at, like, what did he actually do before Breaking Bad? And the X-Files was kind of the biggest thing. Besides that, he didn't yeah. really do anything huge, right? Yeah. So I mean, That's how he met Brian Cranston. Yeah, on show. exactly. Yeah. Funny story. You should watch it. Have you seen any of the X-Files? I've seen Brian Cranston's episode. He's, yeah. like, in a car, and mm-hmm. it's a can't great stop episode. driving or something, right? Yeah. yeah, it's a cool episode. It's crazy how many shows are inspired by just the mystery of that, like, the idea of giving the mystery and not answering it and letting people just think about it, and that's why it's still timeless. Yeah, yeah. and sure. you know what's great? If you do secure that lunch date, Casey, because he said about his writers how... No idea is a bad idea. He's a super collaborative guy. So if you go into that lunch with some ideas, 
you might end up a writer on the next show. So I think what I respect about him the most, and you you mentioned him being a humble guy listening to the Insider podcast after each episode of Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, where he has everyone else that was a part of that episode talk about the episode, and he's just along for the ride. And um, just this idea of someone who created a universe from scratch. And it went on this huge run, Breaking Bad. And he, he did a show right after Breaking Bad called Battle, I think it was Battle Creek for CBS, didn't go anywhere or season. I, I think he was like half into it. But to go right from that to Better Call Saul, you know, a lot of people will probably be like, oh, he's playing it safe. What's he doing? He's selling out. But I, I think there's something magical about someone who like, hey, I create a universe that's once in a lifetime. I want to stay in that universe for as long as possible. And we're getting a decade of some of the best stories we've ever yeah. seen. Yeah, and I think the best thing about it is is about it is like the realism behind it because mm-hmm. there it's a lot of very controversial and hard-hitting topics you know drug dealing murder yeah it goes on but like he does it in a way that doesn't glorify anything but it really gives you that uh insider view to that life you know Mm -hmm. there's a funny story i was just watching the better call saul panel from comic-con or no it was a breaking bad 10-year panel and he was saying the way that kind of first came up with the idea i don't know if you guys heard the story but his co-writer was like they had just finished up on another show and they didn't have a a job and he was like let's just go get a trailer and cook meth somewhere as a joke basically that's how it started and they were like wait a minute that could be a really cool TV show. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I love he went in and pitched. Uh, it was the idea was it was turning Mr. Chips into Scarface. Yeah, that's what he said. And how a show had never done that. And who's Mr. Chips? He, it was this show back in the day where it was like, I'm Mr. Chips. I'm the perfect guy, you know. Like, and to see the perfect husband or you know the, the teacher, the boring teacher down the street turning into like yeah. literally Scarface is a character arc that a lot of people just. We're too afraid to do, and that show was almost canceled too. I mean, the, the ratings were bad for the first few yeah. seasons, and Netflix saved the show. Yeah, it's oh, that's I, we, that I talked about that on one of the other Daily Nerd podcasts about how when it first came on TV, I don't remember anybody talking about it, and once it came to streaming on Netflix, it like blew up. Well, also the first season was the year of the writer strike too. Oh, well, that, and yeah. one quick thing, and we'll, we'll move on about Breaking Bad is. In the first season, if it wasn't for the writer's strike, they were going to have Jesse die in the first right, season. Yeah, yeah. And they also wrote this plot about how Jesse or, or, or the, um, the, the guy in the, the Crazy Eight, whatever, yeah. in the first season, was going to kidnap um, Walt's son, Walt Jr. Walter Jr. And like, try At and murder him like Saw it's style. Crazy how, it's crazy yeah. how things evolve. Mm-hmm. If, yeah. you, if you do ever meet Vince Gilligan and have this convo, promise me one thing. That What's you'll that? ask him about the Spanish adaptation that's on Netflix. Hell yeah. Because <laughs> I don't understand that. <laughs> it's like a shot for shot. I, I doubt he has anything to do with that and was just like, yeah, I'll take some money if you want to adapt that into yeah. One more interesting fact about a character dying has nothing to do with Breaking Bad. Uh, did you know that in the pilot of Lost, they were going to kill off the main character of Jack? Yeah. Really? Which would have changed the entire show. But uh, I also have this theory, too, that these creators just say things. They just make say things. Up. They're like, yeah, yeah, we're going to kill everybody. We're going to kill off Jack. Yeah. We're going to kill off Walt in the yeah. first uh, yeah. 20 minutes. <laughs> but uh, all right, so I'm going to go to my famous person. Um, so I had one, and then I talked to my girlfriend yesterday, and she actually gave me a better one. But I'm, I'm going to say two because it's my podcast, so I can do whatever I want. They're both comedians. <laughs> the first one I said was John Cleese, the British comedian from Monty Python, okay. um, Faulty Towers, British stuff, like, British humor, basically. Mm-hmm. I, there's something about John Cleese that even just like him not saying anything makes me laugh. I don't know. He's one of the funniest people to ever live. I think he would just be 
hilarious to have lunch with. He's got a really dark sense of humor too, which I really appreciate. I think of the uh, stories from Monty Python too that you hear. Right. Yeah. yeah. And um, he, so have you, have you seen Monty Python, Holy Grail, Steve? Yeah. And of course. You've seen it, obviously. Yeah. Uh, the guy that plays King Arthur, Graham Chapman, uh, was a, like a big alcoholic. So he died pretty young. So at his funeral, John Cleese spoke, and the eulogy is hilarious. He's basically just like, <laughs> he's like, I won't miss the freeloading bastard. And everybody just like laughed. But yeah. That was funny. Um, and the second person I had. Well, hold was, on, hold, real quick. Sorry. John Cleese, you're having lunch with him. What are you eating? Like, where oh, are you? Sorry. Well, yeah. one thing, you know, the guy's British. I don't want to eat British food because uh, it's not very good. So I think we would go to New York, which just seems like the right place. I just want to have a pizza with the guy. Pizza? I want like a New York style pizza with John Cleese. And I want to talk about comedy and the history of comedy. And I don't know. I just think he'd be so fun to have lunch with. Maybe go to like the comedy cellar right after that or something. Right. Show. Yeah. Yeah. Go see a, a play. That's cool. Know. Definitely a play. A night out with John Cleese. Like an off-Broadway, yeah. off-Broadway play. Yeah. He actually came, he was doing a tour, I think last summer or last winter, where he was showing Monty Python and then like answering questions after. And it came to Concord, but it was just like super expensive. Yeah. But I, I wish I had gone to see it. Cool choice. Yeah. So what's your second? My second was another comedian at slash writer, uh, Larry David. Oh, yeah. Who is basically a hero of mine. Uh, Seinfeld is the greatest to come of all time. Curb Your Enthusiasm changed TV, I think. Yeah. And um, I think he would also be great to have lunch with. I feel like he'd be a little more serious than John Cleese. I don't know if he's as funny like in real life. he'd be grumpy or cranky. Like a curmudgeon. But I guess yeah. that's okay. Yeah. yeah. But I think it'd be fun. It's almost like uh, comedians in cars getting coffee with him. Well, but... Jerry Seinfeld was my third, but I didn't say <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there is something to like someone who just is almost like too funny where you don't know what to say. And or you don't you know say... if they're trying to joke or not. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're at that point now where they don't give two shits and they're just like, I'm famous, I'm rich, I'm really funny, and I'm going to make you think that I'm either a crazy person or the nicest human being. But the funny thing about Larry David is he's a writer first and I almost feel like a comedian second. So when he was doing stand-up in New York, he would get up there and if he didn't like the crowd, he would literally just be like, I'm not doing this. And he would just leave because <laughs> he hated stand-up so much. I feel but like Judd like that too. Yeah, like yeah. writers first, comedian second, but... I mean, he's hilarious, so that'd be good a great choice. Lunch. Thank you. Really good choice. All right. My question. Yeah. Uh, am I going to have to answer my own question first also? Yes. Yes. That, that was sarcasm. Yes. No, you, All right, you are. So uh, my question is, if you wanted to enjoy but also attempt at winning a food eating contest, what food would you do? Steve? Casey? Okay. <laughs> so I thought a lot about this. I was thinking about all these foods, and I thought, you know, what's one that, like, when you're just, like, hungry and you want to taste something good but you eat a lot of it, what is it? And I think it just it's a classic cheese pizza. It's simple. It's effective. And that's probably something where, like, if you are hungry, you could probably eat a lot of. Okay. I don't know if I could. Yeah. I think you'd have me beat there, Casey. I mean, and you got crust and all, right? Yeah, but you can't have, like, a, a thick vegetable barbecue chicken pizza or a very thick crust. It'd have to be like something on the smaller side, not like a Domino's or fast food. It's a roll. Well, that's the thing. So <laughs> it, ha- it, could be, it could be like a calzone. It's something along those lines, which is bread and cheese. Uh, so how big is this pizza? Is it, it could be any size, you're saying? I would say it would have to be something similar to the size of Centarpio's in Boston. Mm. And it's not a lot of cheese. It has a very thin layer. And you wouldn't put more cheese or peppers or anything on it. You just get a fresh – it can't be too hot. It'll burn your palate just enough where, you know, think about it. Like, if you're going to order something, 
and you eat a lot of it, you always usually end up eating too much pizza. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But then you feel like complete shit. Well, I mean, this is an eating contest. You're going to feel like shit yeah. anyway. Unless you're like the contest is lettuce. <laughs> so I oh. have done a pizza eating contest before and failed miserably. Um, I was only about 13 years old, maybe. How 13, many did you 14. have? 14. So it wasn't cheese pizza. It was a an eleven pound carnivore pizza. So With it meat. had the, the meat screws yeah. you. You can't have the meat. And that's yeah, filling. Um, it's all you know sodium and. Yeah. I don't remember how many inches it was, but eleven pounds. It was huge. One slice was probably as big as my chest. Almost. Well, I was thinking about it too. Like, I feel like after one cheeseburger, I'm full. You yeah. know, like if oh, I totally. have. Yeah, it's, anything with meat in it, I'm full. Well, it's the it's the bread too. I think. Well, bread um, bread is super filling. Yeah, just like sits. That's in your why it has stomach. to be a thin crust. Thin crust. Oh but yeah, that, it, p- pizza, and from my experience, is hard to get through. Okay. Well, then what's what's yours? Mine is, and I guess we're keeping it Italian, um, and the three of us are all Italian. But uh, so I wanted to cause a little controversy with this one, <laughs> but I'm gonna go with meatballs. Meatballs. You know, it doesn't. It has a little bread in it because at least when I make them, you put a little breadcrumbs in, sure. in the mix. Nothing compared to a whole pizza crust. But, you know, those I feel like if cooked well, they melt in your mouth. They're easy to consume. They taste great. Um, obviously, you'd put some sauce on them, mm-hmm. not not just straight meatballs. Um, a little marinara sauce or uh, homemade tomato sauce. I will yeah. say with your choice... It is easy to swallow relatively quickly. So yes. if, the, if the eating contest was like the timed. faster times, yep. is it Which right, most is are. it timed or is it just how whoever drops out um, last? Every food contest I've ever seen is timed. It's timed. So I would people say people would just die. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that I makes would, sense. I would say timed. Yeah. Do I love choice. meatballs? Uh, when you make meatballs, do you generally put an egg in them, or is that just for like homemade cheeseburgers? No, I put egg. In them. I put egg in them. Yeah. 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 Oh, man, it keeps yeah. them together. A little it does, rosemary, yeah. a little olive oil. A little yeah. bit of spices in there? You could put some... I'm not a big spice guy. Like, to me, if you have to put spices in your food that isn't, like, meant to be a spicy... Like, spicy meatballs. Like, to me, yeah. like, an Italian meatball is good but enough. But a little bit of garlic the, powder. Oh, yeah. Garlic powder is not spice. That, the, that's essential. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Se- sure. Seasoning is the word I was Seasoning, for. The key to meatballs, I think, is getting the, uh, the... I don't know what the correct word is, but getting the meat that has the veal the pork and the beef in it. When you just have, like, a straight beef meatball, that can, that's kind of when it gets all dry. Yeah. And, yeah. You know... I, I think the most offensive thing are frozen meatballs from the grocery store. They taste terrible. Yeah, I mean, that's... I feel the same way about frozen any, pizza, any, I guess. Yeah. Any kid who's ever had a meatball sandwich at their school lunch has uh, been on board with you there, Christian. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> I had, my, my Italian grandmother used to make the best meatballs, so I can't Everyone's have Italian meatballs. grandmother makes the best <laughs> I know, meatballs, I, I, even I know. if she's the one that buys the frozen meatballs. And I, I, and I, makes them. And I heard her mother, who I never knew, made even better even meatballs. Better ones, so yeah. it's like... You know, I used to go over to my great-grandma's house in Medford, Massachusetts, and we'd have meatballs for breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, my grandmother was... Uh, she was from Brooklyn, so okay. she's a New York Italian, so... See, th- that now that's another debate, like... Boston Italian food or New York Italian food? It's a big... I mean, you could argue it's the pizza probably in New York, York right? is better because of the water. But then again, there's something about the North End. I got a dark horse. The pizza is better because of the water? Uh, well, no, yeah, because the dough is made with New York water. Interesting. Oh. And there's the, wa- the best water in the world is basically New York City. I have a dark horse, and I'm biased, but Federal Hill, Providence, Rhode Island. Italians are all over the place. Yeah. Really good Italian food. That's some nostalgia I mean, in there I'm for you. I'm taking the yeah. homemade any day. I mean, my grandfather taught me how to make gnocchi. Um, I grew oh, yeah. up. I grew up having raviolis so and meatballs it's, it's on Thanksgiving. It's funny you said gnocchi because last night I was out to dinner with my Italian father and I said gnocchi. 
<laughs> and I wonder like why I say gnocchi and not gnocchi. And I just like I realize that it's is it an accent thing? Like, is it I don't know why why do I say gnocchi? I've no I don't idea. know. What is the actual right way to say? I think it? it's gnocchi. Gnocchi. But I say gnocchi. Okay. Don't ever say Ganoki. Ganoki. <laughs> Ganocchio. Uh, that's yeah. like the whitest, I, I, whitest thing you can do. I think we're all on the same page here, though. Go Italians. Go Italians. Go Italians. <laughs> all right, so my, I'm the last one here. Um, you guys picked pretty heavy foods. <laughs> I wasn't. I was going the lighter well, listen, route. Listen, the point is like to try and have a food where someone else would have a hard time eating as well. That's what I thought. That's a good point. What was so yours? here's what I would do. First, I would go for a five-mile run because I'm even more hungry. Oh, come on. <laughs> Just pick the damn food. Then I would... And I do this anyway. Chips and salsa, fresh salsa, mild because I feel like it'd be hot to keep eating hard to keep eating hot salsa. Chips and salsa. I mean, that is a bottomless sort of. Yeah. Meal. Oh my god, I could eat unlimited chips and salsa. But I also think that most people could do that too. So you're going against harder competition. Don't care. Just yeah. let me some chips and is salsa. It spicy salsa though, because I would. Lose. No, I just said mild, mild salsa. It's mild. definitely a. Uh, that's that. That's a. A good one, I think, and it, but I also think it's a harder one to judge because it's like how many, how much have? salsa did you get on that? Mm, and all, that's all the chips point. have to be the same size. That's a good point. Be like you know, professional size chips, um, yeah, regulated. They can't be deflated. Yeah, you know. but no, I would, I'd put that to the test. <laughs> I, so, um, real quick, uh, so I think Italian food is my favorite, but there's something about Mexican food that I it's just second. love. Yeah. yeah, I will say, like, if I'm going out to dinner, like my wife and I go out. It's usually Mexican first. They're not that different in a way. They're I'm, similar. Cheese, meats. I mean, it comes from Spain. It, originally from Spain, right? So um, what's near Spain? Let's just say we love Mediterranean <laughs> food. Well, Spanish people Because we're talking about croquettes to. in Spain and Portugal. We're talking about pizza. We're talking about Mexican. But I but, said Japan earlier. Which so. is... Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, but close Mexicans to Spanish not food. Mediterranean. No, you can say you can argue yeah, it's but close they to a Spanish immigrated, food. Yeah. Or they came from Spain originally, yes. so they did bring some stuff. I'm not over trying to be stereotypical, Spain. but they're these are positive things. They're two delicious foods from two awesome countries. Yeah, I feel like you may have been able to split those hairs back in the day, but today, like I don't think they're the same. Yeah, I don't know. Chips and salsa, interesting. Yeah, or some fish tacos. I don't know. Where, where's the salsa come from, though? Like, is it like the, the tomatoey one? You yeah, want, yeah. Almost like, like the pita de gallo liquid, kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it could also. Be, I love all types of salsa. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I definitely go for the salsas that are not that chunky, kind of blended up. Um, has a lot like cilantro in it. You know, um, not a cilantro. Some li some lime juice. Mm. I think lime is the key to a good good salsa. Have you ever made your own salsa? Definitely, it comes out great. Homemade salsa is the best. I mean, it's to me the ho homemade salsa is like a pico de gallo. It's, yeah. it's tomato, it's onion, it's you know some guacky sort of flavor, some, some chili peppers, chili in there. peppers, yeah. you like it hot. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think I could do chips and salsa pretty well. So now all I want to do is eat chips and salsa with Vince Gilligan. That's all I want to do now. <laughs> I want to switch my answer from a diner to like just chips and salsa. No, that's what I thought you were going to say. Some sort of like southwestern Tex-Mex type. Well, of food. I just think you'd get. Well, you know how I said Saturday at four for Vince Gilligan. I almost feel like getting breakfast with him would be a great way to start the day. Well, there are a lot of diner scenes in Breaking Bad. It's true. Maybe that's where it's from. Yeah. It's not Denny's. No. Well, Denny's is in Breaking Bad. That's yeah, why. yeah. <laughs> you could form, like, you go on your birthday and you could form your age in bacon, like uh, yeah. they used to do for Walt on his birthday. So <laughs> They don't have enough bacon for that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Casey. It's fine. Make fun of the guy turning 30. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get that at first, but now I get it because he's old. That's right. <laughs> yeah. ah, good one. All right. Well, uh, we got to go back to work. Um, this has been a great lunch break podcast, guys. Definitely a little more successful than the first one. Croquettes yeah. forever. Looking Croquettes forward forever. to next week. All right. You stay classy. See you later. Time.